dropping the hammer. No, you're not. Greetings, I'm Dale McFadden, and welcome to the latest episode of Dropping the Hammer. This episode is a follow-up to an appearance I made on the Fast Lap podcast earlier this month. Uh, I'm joined by the host of that show, Devin Chrissy. On the appearance I made, the main topic of discussion was NASCAR romance novels, which were written about a decade ago. So that was a real fun time. Please check that, that out before you watch this. Um, but I wanted to return the favor to them, and this is the episode that resulted. We talk about how they got into NASCAR, their memories of going to races for the first time, and how Chrissy's son rejected a checkered flag from Eric Jones after the 2020 Bush Clash. So here it is, the newest episode of Dropping the Hammer. <laughs> So I, I already started recording. So uh, welcome to Dropping the Hammer, ladies. Um, Thank you for having us. Yeah. I, I, I've been doing this seven months, and by now you'd think I'd have like some sort of catchphrase to say, welcome to the, the Hammer Zone or something. But no, I don't. <laughs> so. You I like, like that. the sound of like a gavel in the beginning. Like, oh, oh, oh I like that. I like that. The hammer. Boom. I like that. I like that. There All right, you go. So, done and done. <laughs> so, if everyone who who is listening to this in the future, we were, we're recording this on Tuesday, August seventeenth, uh, two days after um, the uh, Cup race at mm. Indianapolis. Uh, but uh, this won't go be released until next week, so it'll right. there'll be like a two, there'll be a, be a week gap. So uh, with me is Chrissy and Deb. They yeah. had me on their podcast last week, the Fast Lap Podcast, and I had a hell of a time. Um, it was and fun. I wanted to return. <laughs> What'd you say? I said it was definitely fun. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and I wanted to return the favor, and here you guys are. So, what 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 is up with you two today? Deb, do you? <laughs> Deb's had much. a rough day. <laughs> yeah, I've had a rough day. Um, yesterday I went to an amusement park with my parents and my five-year-old niece, so that she oh. could ride rides. Well, as I've gotten older, I've noticed that my level of motion sickness, mm. intolerability of being on rides or even being in the car has um, ramped itself up, meaning that I can't get in the backseat of a car without Dramamine anymore. Ooh. So, yeah. So that's, that's a lot of fun. So you can imagine how I felt getting on rides called the Tilt-A-Whirl, the Scrambler, and what was the other one? It was tornado themed. So I got, we, it ended up raining. We went to this like pizza joint outside of the place. Then we came home. Well, I either am still motion sick or I got food poisoning from that place and have been sick all last night and all today. Oh, I'm, 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 I hope you're feeling better now in this moment. So. <laughs> we should be good. I recorded when I had COVID still. So nope. don't, don't, don't podcast and make sudden movements. Then, then you, ne you never know what you're going to do. What's going to happen. Yeah. No sudden move movements while podcasting. Right, right. No, yeah. no crazy moving around. Um, 
my son's birthday is tomorrow, Ronan, my little NASCAR fan. So that was my day today. I went and got some presents. I actually, I'm not gonna say it too loud, but I was able to find that little, little deck of cards, I guess, that everyone's trying to find. I didn't realize it was a thing, that collector thing that's got Haley Deegan on the front. I would show you, but it's wrapped. Yeah, I'm still amazed that card collecting of any sort is still a thing. It just makes, yeah. I don't you know, get it. And you know how <laughs> we talked about our Walmarts being out or very behind? Yeah. Last time on our show, um, when I went shopping at Target today, there was only two um, die casts, two of the 164 die casts, and it was mm. like Michael Annette and I think a, I can't even remember, I think it was like a, a random Ryan Newman or something, and I was like, <laughs> okay, so we're just not restocking NASCAR. Okay. <laughs> well, I, 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 really, I don't know who's in charge of this, of that, like, is it? The, the company that makes the diecast sending them to Walmart? Is it Walmart ordering them or just right. what it's, yeah. I don't, at least, at least I, I want to think, A, at least they're being bought, but I'm also of the mind, maybe it's just these diehards who are swooping in and getting all of them at once in mm -hmm. order to either hoard or sell, you know, on eBay or, or whatever. So I, don't, you, yeah. I just don't I've know. Done that. I've done that. Like, oh, um, dead. I, know our, our, I know our Walmart is getting a wave. Oh no, you're a villain. <laughs> well, and I know that my friends find them and the same thing with like the trailers oh yeah so I go early in the morning like I'll go four days in a row when I know that they're about to get these die casts and I'll buy a bunch of them and I'll just send them to people who want them mm. oh see that's different like when you keep oh, an eye you're, you're not a villain. online okay. <laughs> versus like selling them yeah, no, I'm not selling them on eBay to turn a profit on them. I'm just sending them to my friends who want them, who can't find them. Oh, okay. Okay. I guess all I'll right. allow it. So, all right. So, guys, the Fast Lap podcast, it, from my understanding, is what, like just a year old or so? Yes. Mm -hmm. Officially a year old now. Just recently, I think we recorded our first episode August 10th, 2020. So, oh, officially okay. a year. So, wow. Um, so, yeah. how, how did you guys... I guess, uh, you, well, first off, Chrissy, you're in Florida, right? And yeah. Deb, you're in Maryland? Yeah. Okay, so how, <laughs> how do you two, two NASCAR fans in Maryland and Florida uh, hook up for a podcast like this? Twitter. <laughs> okay, I'll roast lead to Twitter. So, so how'd it happen? So, <laughs> oh, I love this. I get to roast Deb for this. She's going to get me back one day, I'm sure. Um, so Deb was writing an article for Ben.com on female fans and figures and motorsports and how we kind of, you know, get the unfair treatment. Mm -hmm. She reached out to me as I was writing at the time for my friend Rob Fjongson at the podium finish. Oh, we have, so we have a mutual friend. Cool. Awesome. Yes. Rob is a sweetheart. I love him. Shout out to Rob and shout out to everyone on the podium finish. So she reached out to me with the questions. I filled them out. I did my whole thing. She released her first article. I wasn't in it. I was fine. I was like, oh, okay. she's like, she wrote me. She's like, oh, I'm going to do a part two with like people in the industry. I'm like, okay. She released part two. I was still not in it. <laughs> so I was like, um, okay. So then um, we just kind of started messaging back and forth. And like, I wasn't like mad, mad, but I was, you know, teasing her. And um, oh, no, I, I'm, I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> exactly. So then we just kind of, I kind of felt like we vibed pretty well, but we didn't talk that much. And like one day I was like, you know, I like 
the writing thing, but it it's sitting down and writing and then rereading and editing over and over. I just don't have like the time with parenting and everything. Mm. And I was like, I like to talk. Maybe I'll do a podcast. And like the only person I could think of that I felt like would share that like idea with me was Deb. So I was like, hey, do you uh, have, uh, kind of want to do a podcast? And she's like, oh, that's cool. And then I was like, no, do you want to do it with me? And she's just like, okay. <laughs> and that's how it started. And so, and so, well, so, so th this is all in like August of last year, or when? This, when exactly? A couple this weeks. Is July. Yeah. Okay. I never wrote anything for public consumption. I was just talking to my friend Matthew Burrows, and he was talking about how he reviews books, and that's you know I like books. And I was like, hey, if you ever get like overwhelmed and have too many books to read, I'm a speed reader, and I could knock out reviews for you in an evening. That's like that's no problem at all. But we were watching our race. I feel like it was Kansas, maybe something. It was around. I feel like it might have been Kansas. Anyway, and he he's like, so I have this idea for this article, but I don't. I can't write it because I'm not. I'm not a female. But I'd really like to go on this little journey. And I'm like, oh, well, that sounds fun. I can you know take a stab at it because I'd never written anything. I barely reviewed books for funsies. So that whole thing was a whirlwind, especially part two. So I kind of feel bad that you weren't included, but I feel like this worked out a little bit better. I think so too. <laughs> so, well, so when did you, when, when did you guys like first meet? Because I saw your pinned tweet on the, your, the podcast Twitter account is you, I get guys meeting in May of last year, yes. May 25th or this year. Oh, oh this yeah. This, this year. Yeah. yeah. This year. Yeah. We had okay. barely talked, and I didn't even think that she was actually asking me to do the podcast. I thought she was just kind of like bouncing ideas off of me, and I'm like, yeah, sure, whatever I can do to help you, let me know. I'll look into some okay. stuff. So I didn't realize until she was like flat out like, no, I want you to co-host with me. Oh. I was like, oh, okay, okay, why not? Let's, you know. Which, mind you, the first time we ever spoke like leading up to the whole meeting thing, the first time we ever actually spoke outside of just like DMing, which it took us a while to even just like get to the point of exchanging numbers. I think it was when yeah. we were trying to figure out a podcast name that we were like, okay, look, this is easier just to text. Um, and that this was is a, a This is a weird courtship. It is. <laughs> yeah, it's very 21st century. So then, <laughs> so the first time we met, like met, face-to-face -face, uh not in real life was when we tested out zoom for the first time um i think the morning of our first podcast yeah it was a hot mess and michael or michael oh my god forgive me i said michael matthew my brain is tired matthew was our first guest um and i thought zoom would automatically save but i was using my chromebook and it doesn't save or doesn't record so i didn't know this till we started actually the mm. podcast so I had to use this like audio recording on app on my phone it was a hot mess that first episode is super embarrassing but it's also gold because it's our first one yeah yeah there, so there, anyway. there, yeah there's 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 definitely a charm to the getting on the yeah. bike for the first time yeah um, so. <laughs> and we, yeah, but we, practice, we thought we just thought oh we'll just hit the button and it'll be fine <laughs> no no but a lot since then <laughs> but yeah it just kind of like as soon as we started talking we actually hit it off really well right in the beginning um 
And then we finally met face to face this past May. Okay, we went, all right. Okay. We went to Charlotte and we just had never met. We went straight from like, hey, you know what? Let's just, we've never met, but let's just rent it. Let's just live together for a week. I've got kids. It's safe. I'm not going to get murdered. And if I do, well, you know what? Um, That's NASCAR. So <laughs> yeah. we, we literally like just, you know, like most people would be like, hey, are you going to be at this race? Let's yeah. hang out. No, we just went to full one. We lived together for a week in an Airbnb. And if I get murdered, oh, well, that's NASCAR. <laughs> Quote of the day. That, that's, that's, the, that's the title of the episode. <laughs> murdered. Oh, well, that's Luckily, I obviously did not get murdered. I didn't murder Deb. Um, it was fun. It was fantastic. Um, so now I got locked out for like three hours. And I couldn't reach the owner of the Airbnb because he was too busy apparently refereeing a wrestling match. Cause that's a thing. And um, yeah, but we did have our alcohol cause we had access to the downstairs. Cause like they, they changed the garage to like a downstairs game room slash like there was other bedrooms. It was a really cool setup. Yeah, great Airbnb. It was, except the guy, the only key, the only door he can get into was that door into the garage game room area not to the upstairs and my husband thought he was doing a good thing because they had this really cool like spiral fireman Mm, but if you locked the door that leads to the main house you're screwed and my husband locked it thinking like there was nothing on the airbnb that said do not lock this door so we yeah we could get in the house technically but it was hot down there it was like sticky we were out there till like nine o'clock at night we had been this was the day we got there so we were really tired it was rough but it was Mm, fun i've never used an airbnb and i I don't really want to because it's someone else's house like i would cool i would much rather just get a hotel room make a mess out of that but what if somebody was murdered in that hotel room Then, would, the, then the cleaning service is, is exceptional. I feel like okay. for us, it was cheaper and it was more efficient with all of the people that we had because there were six of us. Oh, okay. After a week okay. in a hotel room or two hotel rooms. Yeah. Plus we were inseparable for the most part unless it was sleepy time. So that wouldn't have worked out too well. Yeah. Okay. We'd have had to have one hotel room where people, it was like activities only. I feel like we would have needed like a suite in a hotel. And yeah, with like the door that connects and stuff. Mm. Yeah, so it would have been like more, I think it was easier to do it that way. Yeah. So now I'm flying to her in October. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. Are you guys going to go to a race then or just, just no. hang out? Just I hang wish. Out. So we were supposed to go to St. Augustine because Christmas time I was in Bass Pro Shops doing some Christmas shopping for my husband. He's a Truex fan and he started duck hunting. So I was like, oh, great. Well, I, <laughs> I am gullible and I fell for one of those people that are like, hey, you want a $25 gift card or whatever? Anyway, I signed up for one of these stupid like um, time vacation share. things. What are they? Timeshare things where, oh, you get a two night vacation for you know 50 bucks but you have to go to this timeshare meeting and I was like that was really stupid my husband's gonna not gonna want to do that with me he's gonna be mad that I spent this much money on a stupid thing I was like oh Deb will be down for this and she's like yeah we'll just drink and then we'll go it'll be fine except I can't reschedule it because we picked a random date in October because we didn't really have a date settled yet 
So now she's just going to come hang out with me in my neck of the woods and we're going to do stuff around here. That's, that's cool. That's awesome. We're, we're comparing it to like bachelor hometown dates. <laughs> bachelor hometown dates. Like on the bachelor or bachelorette, when you get to like final two or final three, maybe it's even final four. When you get to like the last little mm-hmm. group of people vying for that bachelor or bachelorette's attention, okay. the bachelor goes to the hometown of each girl and they like show them around where they grew up introduce their their family and their friends that kind of thing so that's kind of what we're comparing this to is that but yeah just the bachelor i I don't i don't i don't i don't i i never watched the bachelor or bachelorette (laughs) i don't i don't feel feel, feel like i i needed to provide that disclaimer when they have a hometown visit on that show either so it's good I, I just can't imagine dating on TV. I can't so, either. So I just it's so awkward. That they always get divorced like two months after it's over. Like, I mean, yeah. like or, or they get cheated on for one of the other contestants that the dude or chick was like, nah, I don't want you. And then it's like, you know what? That guy actually did want her. So yeah. Anyway. Hashtag. So anyway, back to NASCAR. Oh, like, <laughs> all right. So debt from from uh, when I was on your show last week, from my understanding, you're you're Deb, you're the long long time NASCAR fan. Yeah, Chrissy, you're 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 new to the game relatively. Yes. So Deb, yes. what we're we're both thirty years old. So fellow uh el- oh, not elder millennial, but you know middle mid tier mid tier millennial. Yeah. Um, in Maryland, <laughs> sounds like part of an MLM MLM scheme. <laughs> The NASCAR MLM. We are the mid-tier millennials. <laughs> okay, all right. So in Maryland, how, how do you? Like, is it a family thing loving NASCAR? How did you get into NASCAR? Yeah. So my dad was a huge Dale is a huge Dale Senior fan still. Same. And I was born on one of the days Dale Senior won a duel. Yeah. What? Oh. Like okay, my my birthday is February seventh. February thirteenth. Oh, okay. All right. Okay. Cool. We're really so you're an Aquarius too, because I'm January twentieth. So we're all in that. This is why we're getting along so well. (laughs) That is it. That explains it. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um. So as as your elder, Deb, respect respect me on this podcast. (laughs) And I'm older than you, so both of y'all respect me on this podcast. January doesn't count. Listen, I'm 34, okay? <laughs> Don't tell anyone. <laughs> uh, anyway, go, go, go ahead, Dad. I'm sorry. So that was, uh, I grew up and my dad watched races every Sunday. So I watched races every Sunday. We would go do things like, I'm in Western Maryland. I feel like I need to say this. Okay. before I finish this we would um go on hikes or we would go shoot guns or we would go fishing or something like that and then we would watch the race like that's just what mm. we did that was how me and my dad bonded and we still do that like I don't think that he thought it was gonna evolve to what it has evolved to but I don't think he's complaining about it was his was he like a fan but still kind of like casually ish now he like, watched- like you like you came along and you superseded like where he was in the in the family. Yeah. 
I feel like kind of, yeah. Like, I feel like he was a really big fan in the 90s and the early 2000s. Yeah. Um, he took me to my first race in 97. We went to Pocono for the first time. Also went to my first race in 97. Texas, Motor, Texas Motor Speedway. An that's, race. That's strange. <laughs> so, yeah. And then... I met my husband and he was a NASCAR fan and we started going to races together. And then my parents started going with us and his parent, his dad was a fan too. So it was kind of like, it's been a family thing. Like there's not, it's all because of our dads that were fans. Yeah. And now I couldn't imagine not being a fan. So what, what do you remember about that Pocono race? <laughs> know this story <laughs> so I don't remember a whole whole lot I remember Dale Jarrett winning because my uncle went with us and he was a Dale Jarrett fan and we okay. were me and my dad were angry I remember <laughs> um seeing like the haulers I remember traffic I remember sitting in traffic for an incredibly long time now is that an incredibly long time for me now or was it because I was like six and like, yeah, you know, bored half to death in traffic. But so my grandma went with us because my grandma thought Richard Petty was the handsomest man she had ever seen in her entire life. In 1997? <laughs> yes. She was a grandma, so. <laughs> and wanted to go to this race. So we go and it's hot. And at the end of the race, I guess I had had enough and grandma had had enough. So she took me down under the stands. And at the end of the race, people, you know, were dumping their coolers. Oh, no. <laughs> and grandma got iced. <laughs> and like out of everything that happened that whole weekend, all I can like, the memory that has sucked to me the most is grandma saying words that I had never even thought that were words before, but had figured out that were words very quickly after she got iced up down her back from the grandstands. Yeah. Like a whole slew of you, you like, cause it's hot and she's just got dumped with cold ice. It's like those Gatorade showers at football games, except she didn't even know where it was coming from. She what, just what color was the gator? Hysterical. Wow. Okay. All right. All right. So, Chrissy. Um, <laughs> My story is not as exciting. <laughs> oh, so then uh, spice it up um, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Well, I've always been into um, motorsports, but it kind of started out with like drag racing because I was always close, still am ish with my brother um he's a couple years older than me but we kind of our circles kind of mixed and mingled a little bit and him and his friends had like all gotten mustangs they started this like mustang club no joke we had it was at first it was called muscle mustangs of brevard because i live in brevard county it, it evolved into brevard mustangs um and we would hang out at our local drag strip orlando speed world every friday and during the week, as much as I could, I would go hang out with my brother at his friend's houses in their garage, working on their cars. Um, our friend Davey actually was in the middle of building like a high eight, like an eight, nine, 8.9 second um, hatchback Mustang in 93, I believe. 
this red red beast i'll always remember that car so i got into cars like that and i got a couple cars my you know i i went to the drag strip i had fun i wanted to i was like yeah i wanted to be a drag racer and i was like hey dad like one day i googled i remember googling like drag racing school i didn't know what to do but i was like there's a thing out there i'm sure and he was just like no and i at that point i was just like oh okay so um i never got into racing but i did do it a lot i had a lot of fun um i used to go to we would have fun Ford weekend um, down here at the drag strip, which would start out with a party at our local Hooters at Waterford Lakes. And it was called the Hooters Burnout Contest. So I purposely learned how to do a burnout to go there to shut people up because I had a convertible Mustang. It was a 99, 35th anniversary. And I went and decked out in all this like pink gear, these pink stilettos. I had super platinum blonde hair and people were calling me Paris Hilton because she was the thing back then. And they were like, don't break a nail. So anyway, I do this burnout and then I'm getting marriage proposals. Anyway, so. <laughs> Escalated quickly. That, that's just, that, that needs to be your sh a shirt. You need to get a shirt. I did a burnout and then I got marriage proposals. <laughs> yes, guys are coming up to me like, can I get you a beer? And I'm like, 17. But yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so that was for a few years. And then and that's how I met my husband. Cause he, sorry, my dog is crying in the background. Um, he has Cobra and I had moved up in the Mustang world and I had an 04 Celine, which I still have. And he is a NASCAR fan and he got me into NASCAR. We watched a race together and it was actually the first race I watched was when Chase Elliott won his Xfinity championship. And I was like, that's cool. So I, I, I'm the type of person who wants to know about people. So I Googled this kid and I was like, oh, he's from Dawsonville, which is the town basically right next door to where my family lives in Georgia because they all live in Cumming, Georgia. And I'd lived there for a while. And I was like, oh, that's like my hometown kid because I don't know of anyone around here that's racing NASCAR. So that's how I became a Chase fan. And ever since I've just been watching and I went to my first race in 2017. So 20 years after y'all went to your first race, I went to mine. What race was that? Uh, the Daytona Coke 400. It wasn't the Zero Sugar at the time, I don't believe, but it was oh, in July. I was at that race. Were you really? Well, that that was yeah, yeah that was uh, Dale Junior's farewell year. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah. That uh, I was at that race with my dad. So. Yeah, we we had a good time getting rained out for the Xfinity race, sitting yep. inside. <laughs> that was rough because the kids, our boys at the time, were like, our youngest was just almost two. So that was a long day, <laughs> long weekend, but I was hooked ever since I went to my first live race. And that's why I, I'm always telling people, I'm like, when they complain about races on TV, I'm like, just go to a race. You don't have to go to the cup race because it's expensive. Go to the trucks or Xfinity or when they have ARCA, like just check it don't, out. It's don't, 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 don't encourage an ARCA race. That that's I mean, it no. can be exciting. Some of them are good, right? Silver linings. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. <laughs> We're go with it. We're gonna go with it. I mean, right now it's it's tight. The Ty Gibbs Invitational Series. So okay. when you think about this season, yeah, it's kind of you know. But a couple seasons in the past, they were pretty good. So yeah, that's my spiel. That's who I am. That's why everything is Chase for me. So woo. Okay. <laughs> so who who is your who's your favorite driver right now, Deb? Anthony Alfredo. Oh, okay i was not expecting that <laughs> no why uh, why why okay <laughs> so this is this a little is a good one. this is a fun one 
So I um, was a Matt DiBenedetto fan after Jeannie retired because I felt like I wanted to go with somebody who wasn't well, like not well known, but I wanted to go with somebody like an underdog and kind of like see where their career went after being senior, junior so long. And I didn't feel like I wanted to jump on any like bandwagons, so to speak. So I chose Matt. So last year when he got the 21, I was really excited because my phone number was 2188. So it was like, perfect. So I I just randomly tweet that out because I'm like, oh, this is great. Well, somehow Anthony finds my tweet and says to me, hey, I drive a 21 too in Xfinity. You should be a fan. And then he does the whole hashtag fast pasta thing. And that sold me. So like we, I, you know, I was watching his run in Xfinity when he was running part-time and I really, I thought it was cool and talked to him a little bit, got to know him a little bit more and what he was doing. And then when he moved to cup this year, I was like, I gotta do it. I gotta, I gotta go for this. Cause like (laughs) randomly, on Twitter that happened and been a fan ever since we got to hang out with him in Charlotte with his girlfriend and they are wonderful people and that even cemented more of the fact that I was like yeah I'm rooting on a good guy yeah these are our people yeah and we had him on the podcast too and I was texting Deb and I was like which is this is a common practice that when we have someone on we'll text and be like oh my god I love him and I'm like, oh my God, I love him. He is the sweetest thing ever. Because I started watching him a little bit because I'm i a Chase fan, but I, I like to watch everyone. I, I'm trying to still learn as much as I can about racing. And I try to take it, you know, a little bit at a time. So I started getting on the pasta bandwagon. And then after, you know, we became friends with his girlfriend and hanging out with him, I was like, all right, I'm, I'm Team Alfredo. He's a good dude. He's got a great heart. He's so good with his fans. It's hard yeah. not to like the guy. So- There's there's a solid group of us who are really good friends because we all supported Anthony. Okay. There's a group of us dubbed the sauce mafia. (laughs) Yeah, that's a thing. And I think mafia sauce sounds better. (laughs) I think, I think that interpreted many ways. I think that that rolls off. Uh, sauce, sauce mafia mafia sauce mafia sauce <laughs> don't mess with the mafia you'll get the sauce i'm just saying if, you, if you're you're selling a uh, a brand of sauce what, what sounds better mafia sauce <laughs> vodka sauce sounds even better but that has absolutely nothing to do with anything <laughs> wait, wait what did you say vodka sauce sounds vodka sauce. better that's a good one so yeah, it's been it's been interesting. There's been a lot of friendships formed because of him. A lot of different things have happened because we're all how, how many friendships friendships have ended? <laughs> None, I don't think. Oh, it's the way you started that sounded like you're, there was going to be like a second part to it. Like <laughs> oh no, friendships <laughs> have formed and people have died. <laughs> they were murdered because NASCAR. <laughs> no, it's, it's really funny though. My friend's photography career has kicked off because of this, which is also very strange because he, he has a very, very nice camera and any race he goes to that Anthony's in, he will take pictures for me. 
because his look way better than my iPhone scammers. <laughs> so he's been taking these pictures and Anthony found them and has started to use them. And then on the local level, people have seen his pictures and he's been going to different tracks around North Carolina, taking pictures for people now. Okay. So it, pretty awesome. It's pretty awesome how it worked. So, so how many episodes of your podcast do you have so far? That's a great question. I should pull up BuzzFeed <laughs> and check it out. We used to have a running count, but then we, we lost our 50 or something a couple weeks ago i think so i feel like we're at like 55 or 56 we'll find out we why doesn't it tell me anyway i'm gonna look into this because <laughs> i want to know now. <laughs> i feel like it's like 55 or 56 yeah i, I don't keep track of mine I, like I've made, I've, sometimes on on my podcast i have to ask my co-host crow how many episodes is this <laughs> <laughs> Well, looking at our list of episodes, I just now realized that Anthony's episode was actually the last episode that we had put a number on it, and that was episode 15, Pasta Night with Anthony Alfredo. After that, we stopped putting episode numbers, but yeah, it's somewhere in the 50s, and I can't believe sometimes that we have that many episodes. They, 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 they pile up pretty quick, I 54. found. 54. 54? 54 okay wow apple podcast tells me okay but it's 54 yeah, you're you're, you're, you're way you're way ahead of us so far so, how many do you have i oh that's right you lost count <laughs> uh, i mean well we just started this year so right. and we, we've been doing it just week by week with the season and whenever like the sport takes a week off we take a week mm -hmm. off so for the yeah. most part so um 20 it's not bad ish we've had bonus episodes also yeah so um so what 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 what's your what, what's your personal like goal for your podcast like what do you what do you guys want to like do with it going forward we just kind of like having fun with it and enjoying the friendships and relationships and and connections we make um, of course, it'd be real sick if people were like, hey, we love what you do. You're females. Let's totally make this a thing. And like, so we can move to Charlotte together and like have like a thing. But we have an eight year real. plan. What? We have our what, eight, what, year what? eight year plan. Why wait, guys? Just do it. <laughs> because <laughs> my husband works for the state up here. And okay. in eight years, he can retire because he's done 20. And then you get all the benefits of the retirement, like the retirement insurance, the, all the other fun stuff that comes along with being retired. And then you can get a fun job, but then you still, you know, you still can bank in your retirement plus your fun job money. So that's kind of why we're waiting to move to Charlotte. And I'm just waiting for, for Deb and for us to kind of get our own, you know, what together down here and, and get the kids figured out. And we want so to be up so, there before junior high or something. So what do you guys do for jobs or anything or what do you do I am it's hard to explain what I am I do um consultations work for businesses involving the FDA and I am an executive assistant at a small business with two locations here in Maryland and that includes like payroll accounts payable all that kind of stuff 
And I am a an X-ray tech certified, almost certified personal trainer for rehab for exercise rehabilitation, chiropractic assistant, and um, scheduling coordinator at my office. I work for um, a facility where you go for all those commercials when people are like, "Have you been in a car accident?" you need to call this lawyer, but I don't work for the lawyer. I work for the facility that does all the rehabilitation and all of that. Um, okay. I went to school for x-ray. I did a lot of that, but now it's, and it's just kind of like a, I'm everywhere in the office. So like if Deb and I are talking and I don't reply, I'm like, sorry, I'm literally out of my seat running around all day, just like helping everyone. So yeah. Taking pictures of people's insides. Yes. <laughs> Radiating them with pleasure. <laughs> What's the weirdest thing you've seen on an x-ray? Uh, I've seen, well, this was not something I personally x-rayed. I've seen piercings. I tell all the patients all the time, and this blows their mind, but I tell people I can tell if they need to poop, if they have gas, if they've just eaten, depending on the area I'm radiating. Um, you can see piercings, you can see dentures, you can see all marks from surgeries. Um, lots of IUDs for the women. Um, but when I was in school, my teacher brought in an x-ray, like our first month when we were just learning like the backstory of it. And she's like, does anybody know what this is? And it was an x-ray of someone's abdomen. But there was like this big gray like thing diagonally across it. And we're like, mm, I don't know what that is. Someone's stomach. Turns out this was a 66 year old man whose wife and him thought using a pool noodle as a intimate toy was a good idea. And it got stuck. So that's what that gray matter was. That was the pool noodle. And this is a man. So you know where it went. I and also saw an upside down Purell bottle. And that's like a mild thing. <laughs> pool noodle. That, yeah. Um, yeah. I was yeah. not expecting that. Oh yeah, that That's was not what in. I was. <laughs> it's great. Whoa. You see a lot when you look inside someone's body for a living. Let me tell you that much. Whew. Wow. The craziest fracture I ever saw was unfortunately, um, it was a young boy whose parents, I guess, I don't know what happened. The kid was climbing on their TV stand, big heavy TV fell on him, crushed his skull. That was not fun, but it was mm. a very fascinating X-ray. So yeah. This is what happens when the human head is almost crushed. Yeah. And oh. um, last quick fun story. I had to do a trauma x-ray. This person was in a motorcycle accident and I was in school and they were like, hey, take an x-ray of his ankle. So when you do an ankle, you lift the leg like around the lower calf. So I went to slide our little x-ray cassette under his foot. But when I lifted his leg, the leg moved, but the foot stayed down. So imagine that skin mm. stretching. His complete foot, and that's all I'm going to say because I don't want to make Deb sick. I think you already did make them sick. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Deb, I forgot for a minute that you were sick. It's okay, I haven't eaten dinner yet, so we're good. Let's cool. Oh, dear. So anyway, that's x ray. Back to NASCAR. <laughs> all right, okay, so you got you guys get, got a lot of decorations on your wall. What, what, like for each of you, what, what's your most prized NASCAR memorabilia possession? Ooh, that's a really hard one. I have a few that I don't have up yet, but 
one of them is actually the picture that Alfredo signed for us in Charlotte. Um, man, I don't know. I feel like that sounds meh, but I have so much cool, a lot of cool stuff. I got these two Xfinity um, wind hats that are on my wall from when we went and toured uh, Junior Motorsports. They, one of the workers came out and gave them to the boys. So that was cool. Um, oh, Denny Hamlin uh, gave us, he noticed Ronan because um, we had met him at Daytona last year and gave him the Coke bottle he signed during driver intros. So I have that over there. That's pretty cool. I think that's probably nice. my favorite. Cool. Yeah. I feel like you have to tell the Eric Jones story before I. Oh my God. How did I forget? So... She's Eric Jones. She's, go ahead. You, you, so, who you are. Okay. So the, the last, last year, 2020. Yeah. It's when Eric Jones. Okay, when Eric Jones won the clash, um, yeah. I ran, my thing is I run down to the, to the start finish line whenever the end of a race um, with Ronan. So when Eric Jones won, Denny Hamlin was behind him and Ronan didn't understand that Denny Hamlin was not losing to Eric Jones. He was already like a lot down and they had chosen us to go get the checkered flag. My son was the one who rejected Eric Jones on live TV when he tried to hand him the checkered flag. I don't know if you remember that. I do not. So yeah, and it went viral and I had to go on Reddit and because people were bashing me, telling me I was a bad mom because some, you know, it's the internet. I am a horrible mom because my kid has bad banners. So I had to go on and be like, that's not true. This is what happened. He was pissed because Denny's his boy. He thought Eric stole the win. And my kid naturally, his whole life this far, anytime someone he doesn't know comes up to him, he's just like, stares at them in this really judgmental face. Like he does, he doesn't like people. So yeah, I had to go on Reddit and explain it. I had to post a picture with me holding Ronan with the sign that says, my kid rejected Eric Jones. And we ended up actually getting reached out to by Toyota Racing. And we got to go meet Eric the day of the 500. And he signed, um, <laughs> he went to Walmart and Ronan found his, you know, the hauler truck and Eric signed it to Ronan and he hung out with him, with us. And that was really cool. So yes, that would probably be my most prized possession. I'm going to have to go look that up. <laughs> I have a video somewhere. I'll have to go through my phone and send it to you. Okay. Because everyone was out messaging me like oh my god you're on tv and i was like i know fun fact i also sprained my ankle when that happened because excuse me they turn around and point at me and they're like down 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 so i'm like oh i gotta rush and they had these ropes blocking the stairs to go down so me not thinking let me unhook the rope i'm like i've got my kid in my arm let me just try to limbo under this thing i roll my ankle running down the stairs and it was great i couldn't walk for three days it was great Mom life. <laughs> My favorite things that I have are books, believe it or not. Are they romance novels? <laughs> I finally finished the trifecta of books. I have Dale Jr.'s driver number eight autographed. Met him, got it autographed. Waited a really long time for that, worth every second. Steve Letarte's book, also. That's a massive autograph. autograph. Huh? That's a massive autograph. Yeah, he's got a really fancy autograph. Like, it's real fancy. It's nice. It almost looks like an oval track. And then Dale Jr.'s Racing to the Finish book. Also. That's the only one of those I've read. Autograph. 
I've read them all. They were all very good. And those are probably my prized possession because I'm a reader and it was really important for me to get the books that they wrote autographed. Yeah, I, I get that. I get that. Yeah, after uh, reading after reading that book, it made me wish that Dale Jr. had like retired earlier. Like <laughs> Yeah, like I feel like I feel like as a huge Dale Jr. fan that I was incredibly selfish during those times, not wanting him to retire. And then you read that and you're like, oh, oh yeah, you you should not have been doing that as long as you were. Like when he, he tells like the story about how at Taldega when he dropped back and like he got so much flack for that. And I was one of those guys like, Dale, what the, what are you doing? Like, then I read the book like, oh, I am so sorry. Yes. <laughs> Oh, it's a good example of, you know, not understanding what's going on at all times on the racetrack when we think we do. Yeah. Enter Twitter, NASCAR Twitter entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> just, just not knowing, you know, we're lucky in the sense that NASCAR drivers and personalities and teams give us so much inside. Like we see a lot and we're yeah. very privileged with that. And I think that sometimes since we think that we see so much and they post and they interact that we know what is going on. And in reality, like you don't, you really, you have no idea. Like you may think you have an inkling or you may know to some extent, but you don't know fully until somebody comes out with a book like that. Mm -hmm. That's what I call, they call them tells. For a reason. Yeah. Uh, yeah and probably like that. that Sam Bass autographed photo from 2010. That would probably be. Oh, mine. wow. That's, that, that, that is cool. That's I met cool. him in Martinsville the same year I met Richard Petty for the first time. They were having a thing in 2010 during the truck race, and Richard Petty was there. Who else is on that? Sam Bass was there. Harry Gant was there. I believe that's who that is. And I feel like Barney Hall was there as well. And I got different things autographed by each one of them. Like that Cheerios box is autographed from Richard Petty. And if you can see the airplane behind me, the picture of Petty's Air Force. Oh, one, okay. Okay. I can barely see it. It's also yeah. signed. It, my Dale Jr.'s stuff is slightly blocking shrine. but <laughs> not quite shrine just all this kind of neat stuff that i've collected over the years it's on its way <laughs> so so as female fans of nascar what, what do you guys think that nascar does right when it comes to engaging with your your demographic what what does it do wrong what could it do better i think as of lately, there's been a lot more attention on females in motorsports as far as them bringing so many more women into the shows. You know, you've got Caitlin Vinci, you know, uh, Jamie Little, Hannah Newhouse, ever, all these amazing women. There's tons of them. I mean, I could go on and they're giving them a lot of platforms. And I think that's great, especially the now the girls coming up through other series. Um, so I think they're doing a great job of trying to highlight the strengths that women have and what they bring to NASCAR. However, I feel like they still don't get the equal kind of discussion as the males do, because when they talk about females, they're always like, 
okay, this is a great run for a female, you know, great, you know, oh, Haley Deegan's doing this. She's got, you know, female, this female, that, which it's great because it's true. But at the same time, it's like, why do we have to always say, oh, what's good for a girl? Like, yeah. you know, it's in general, a driver is a driver is a driver. It shouldn't matter what what's under the helmet, as long as it's the same passion and everything. Um, I think there's a lot of fans that are being a lot more inclusive. You still have that that whole section that's like, you're a female, you don't know what you're talking about, get back in the kitchen, make me a sandwich. And I hate that, but for the most part, I feel like it's on the up and up. And that's kind of where we are like trying to bring the attention to females, but also people that are more in the back too, that don't get that recognition that they- Like Liz Perstella. Yes. The tire specialist for Gaunt Brothers. Mm -hmm. I've I've never heard of her. So that, that's a new name for me. She is amazing. She has yes. her own clothing line. Yep. It's called Torqued. She designs garage pants for females in any garage. It doesn't matter whether it's the NASCAR garage or it's the ladies changing the oil at the local oil shop mm-hmm. or tire place. She There's is enough pants. Yeah. We actually had her on our show a couple times. Yes. So anyone who's sitting there and having the same reaction, they're like, I've never heard of her she's on our show she's a great listen she did a fan episode with us where we had a group of fans on we did a youtube live and she joined us to kind of talk with the fans and as did natalie decker so shout out to those two ladies for being amazing and joining us and our fans um but yeah she's an incredible woman she could run circles around those race shops she does a little bit of everything and she does it with a smile on her face and she's a badass so you you last week you, you guys had sent me like a list of questions to that you would you were planning on asking me i I think i think maybe you um maybe asked like three quarters of them or something like that so (laughs) we got off in a great conversation and you did a really awesome dramatic reading of that book so you know yes i did (laughs) (laughs) not to toot my own (laughs) that that was a lot of fun so but i went back and looked at that list and said okay i'm going to turn tables on these two fine women um so I, i i i uh I, I, I got one of the questions to ask you. So if you two had a warning label, what would the warning label be? Warning sass, attitude, warning sass and attitude ahead with a side of sugar. Okay. <laughs> is, 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 is that a warning label or a promise? <laughs> It sounds like a yield sign, to be fair. It's yield more sign. like, a, hey, just an FYI, there's some trouble ahead, but it might be worth it. <laughs> okay. Um, I think mine would have to be warning, don't approach unless caffeinated. Unless caffeinated? <laughs> yeah, that's a good Wait, one. wait, unless you're caffeinated? Or yes, unless, unless I'm caffeinated. Okay, okay. All right. Because I tend to get, um, you know how people get hangry? Yeah. That's me without caffeine. There's not really a good word to equate that, but I have to be caffeinated to function. Yeah. I, I am like, I'm guessing you're, are you, you're, are you, you're a coffee person? Yeah. Or, well, there for a while, I, I always have a cup of coffee every day. Black coffee. Coffee, just coffee. Nothing, nothing fancy, just coffee. 
I have one of those a day usually. And there for a while I was uh, having a problem with Bang Energy drinks. Um, it's an energy drink company. They're up here. They're Chrissy's got them in Florida too, but they make a Georgia peach tea flavored energy drink. And I tried it once and I very quickly got um, addicted to it. We'll, we'll put it that way. And I was drinking one of those a day, every day. So I, I've stopped that now and have been switching it up to something a little less bad for me. But yeah. A little bit of monster, a little bit of rock star, a little bit of amp, you know, just... energy cocktail. No, when amp was a thing, it's still technically a thing. Well, but... when they had it, okay. So when amp and junior had the partnership and Midway yeah. had them and they would give them out at the end of the race, when the race was over, I would go back around the midway because they would just give you the leftover stock. Oh boy. So I would come home with like three 18 packs of amp energy sugar-free because that was my jam at the time and there was one year I went to like six or seven races and I pretty much didn't have to buy energy drinks for a really long time because I just kept they just kept giving them to me at the conclusion of every race that's pretty awesome they were just they they would literally just hand them out as people were leaving at the midway so I would just go down and I'd be like hey I'd go I'd go find the 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 beer sponsor stands <laughs> like yes where 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 is the Budweiser stand yeah right I would like your leftovers <laughs> yeah I guess really I didn't, guess they didn't want to take them I don't know but they gave me uh, I came out of those races so many times I would just while we were in the race we would drink the beer or whatever but my cooler would be empty so I'd just go down to the amp people they'd load me up with amp in the cooler and I'd take it home with me. Pretty awesome. I missed that stuff. They did that yes. at a couple like dirt track races with NOS and we would stock up on that. Not like to that extent, but like we would get one or two at the beginning and then we'd grab another one while we're walking around and we never had 18 packs. We'd usually just have like one leftover. <laughs> I forget what AMP came in, but it was like one of those like really large containers of... Yeah. All right, another question for you guys. Uh, what would be your your dream pre-race concert? Ooh. I would have said Linkin Park. That can't happen now. Um, I'm into rock, so I would do Shinedown would be incredible. I love Shinedown, Breaking Benjamin. And the little kid in me would, would say the Backstreet Boys, but nobody wants that. So it's not <laughs> this concert. So Na- oh, Backstreet yeah. Boys performing before a NASCAR, NASCAR race. That would, that would be not, that would not be good. That'd be something. That'd that be would a lot be, of booing. So I'd would, have to go with the rock guys. They would probably amp up the crowd a little bit more. I'm with you on Shine Down, but Eric Church. Mm-hmm. Isn't he the, the pre-race artist at Daytona coming up? Maybe I don't know, but I love that man. He, to, did, he's the one who did the song Talladega, right? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Has he performed that at Talladega? That's that's all. I, I don't wanted. know, but I feel like that that's one of those things that I have to have happen. That's like a bucket list thing for me. I have yeah. strange bucket list items, 
like one of mine it has a lot to do with doing the things that are in songs so like gary allen has a song about watching airplanes so my bucket list was to watch airplanes while the song was playing so my sister drove me to bwi because they have like a what's bwi the baltimore washington airport okay um and they have a park there where like kids can play and you can just hang out so she literally took me there sat me on a bench and we played watching airplanes probably like five times in a row while we watched the airplanes come and go so like there's stuff like that like i feel like i have to listen to talladega while i'm in talladega one of our friends um jacob harbour who wrote our intro song Mm -hmm. um has a song i think it's seven more miles and it's about going to north carolina and there's only seven more miles to the nc state line so i played that song when i saw the mile marker going down to seven miles before i was in north carolina on the way there in march so that's nice. kind of it's a list thing that i kind of work I think on that's cool too so how many different tracks have you both of you been to like how many have you checked off oh, in your... she's been to a bunch i've been to three i've been to daytona a million times homestead several times and now charlotte that's it very sad okano richmond dover Martinsville, Charlotte, Bristol. Did I say Martinsville? Yeah. Did you say Daytona? Daytona. I think seven. Okay. Oh, I guess I could add in Volusia Speedway and New Smyrna, but they're not technically like huge NASCAR tracks, but there are local hometown, Mm -hmm. you know, home tracks. But they're all like in within like a I'm in a weird spot in the like east where Dover's like four and a half hours from me. Richmond's about four and a half hours from me. Pocono's about four and a half hours from me. Martinsville's like five, five and a half. So like those are normally my radius. But then next year I'm planning to go to Darlington for the throwback. And I recently found out Watkins Glen's only four and a half hours from me. And I did not expect that. I thought it was going to be for farther away. Like I was thinking like seven, eight and a half hours. So that's next year too. I want to go to Watkins Glen. That's on my, that's on my list. That's um, a bucket list race for me too. So I'll be going to Daytona next weekend for the first time as a media member. Me as a media Ooh, member. Media. Good for you. So I've been there as a fan, like I said, in 2017. Mm-hmm. um just got back from indy i've been to texas bristol charlotte darlington martinsville uh indianapolis Might be it. how was indy in person like how was that vibe because well i can't it, imagine because well that wasn't my first time going there um oh, i i, I great I, weekend to go it, no it, it was it was different um because like yeah but i first went to indianapolis in 2014 in grad school i covered both the indy 500 that year and then uh the brickyard weekend uh that that was the first time i ever covered uh a nascar race um oh kansas i've been i've been, I've been kansas um but the it, it was weird because it's not packed like the indy 500 um and 
the, the, the front straightaway grandstands aren't even remotely full. Most of the fans are seated in like turn one area mm-hmm. um, and then the oval turn two area and people are like lined up on the mounds on the back stretch in the infield. So it's, it's, you can't really get a good yeah feel of what the crowd vibe is because they're just in such different yeah. places. There's no concentration on right. of it. Um, but like, yeah, I was there, you know, Saturday and Sunday and there's plenty of people just walking around the infield, not 250,000, but um, they're, they're there. There were people having a fun time. Yeah. Um, even even after the two really long red flags, um, that was stressful. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I was parked. Um, for for the final two restarts, or whatever, I, I had gone down from the media center down to um the courtyard area right right at the base of the pagoda to watch on the video boards, mm-hmm. so I could see what happened at the end of the race, and then like you know quickly go to the pit road and stuff because it it would take a little bit if I was going from the media center so um but I wound up being down down in in the courtyard area for like it felt like an hour wait just waiting all right uh this this race is gonna end sometime um yeah and so after for the final restart the last two laps I was out on pit road watching on different different set of video boards um and uh it was like after all that waiting the crowd was still into it because when uh you know Ch- Chase Briscoe went off into off in the grass, they're like, "Woo, yeah!" yeah. And then, then, then when he turned to Hamlin, they they got even louder. Woo! <laughs> um, so they they were still into it. They hadn't checked out or anything after all that. So that 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 was nice. And um, so yeah, but it it it, it was weird because you had just multiple different things going on. You had you had mm-hmm. Almondinger coming out of nowhere winning then you had the the hamlin and briscoe thing and then you yeah. had all of the curb stuff which the was its, yeah. its own thing so but i i focused on aj allmendinger because i, I like we're, it's still two days later and everyone's still just talking about the curb thing like Let's talk about AJ Allmendinger winning. AJ yeah. Like, like, yeah. like, like this was I mean, a, a win no one was really not to say wasn't expecting because AJ's really great, really good on street cor- or road courses. He he but was seventeen. He was seventeen yeah, when that caution the 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 second caution for uh, the splitter being stuck beneath the curb. He was like seventeenth at that point. Yeah. And then the, the two huge wrecks happened, and then on the final restart he's third so and then he just takes it first win first win in seven years and the first non-charter team win since the introduction of the charters like that's that's, wild let's let's talk about that yeah they're a part-time team they're not even running full-time in cup and they get their first win yeah right that's fantastic like i i can't i don't understand why people are still talking about the curb i can't believe that's such a feel-good story yeah. yeah, I can't believe people haven't picked up on that alone. The fact that it's the first unchartered team to win since the charters came out. Like, that's huge. Yeah. Especially considering how important, obviously, the charters are for the teams. Like, that just goes to show, like, anyone can technically do it. 
So, but you know, for the most part, what we're seeing, you know, within reason, what we're seeing for me mainly, my, most of my NASCAR stuff is on Twitter because I don't really flood too much on Facebook, Instagram's like meh. But what I see with NASCAR Twitter, and we can all, all of us that are on NASCAR Twitter know that there was like that they just like bees to honey when it's something dramatic. Yeah. And it's like, that was a great topic during the situation a little bit after like yeah we get it that was huge but like hello this is a massive story for nascar itself like this one right here aj all that no okay well fine you know <laughs> so so all right well guys thank you for uh joining me on uh this week or this episode of dropping the hammer which will drop next week this this was fun um i would That's love fun. to to do this how far are you into into in high gear, Deb? I have not started it yet. Oh, you're looking order at it. me. Well, I was gonna start it today at work. Oops, but I didn't go to work because I was not feeling as I should to go to work. So I think I'm gonna start it this week, probably tomorrow. What is it? It's high gear. Is in, high, in, high, high, yeah, in, high in high gear. Okay, because I'm gonna order yeah. it. Because I want to get it started to do my review writing. Until we can do a proper dramatic reading. Like <laughs> yeah. so you, you you doing the, the, the female voice and meet me <laughs> doing the uh, the NASCAR driver voice. <laughs> so, oh, I love that. So I'll make sure that I put sticky notes where there's good uh, yeah. where there's good dialogue so we could uh, the, the, did you know that this is called a Harlequin NASCAR? Did we yeah. Go yeah. Yeah. Okay. That, like that was the like, publisher. Oh, or, right. Well, I feel like it's like a theme because I'm like, Ooh. <laughs> I'm going to order that one. <gasps> anyway, it's not in stock on Amazon. I'm going to Google it on eBay. eBay. I got all eBay. of these on eBay for like 11 bucks. Nice. Yeah. All right. Done and done. So, all right, guys. So tell our listeners where they, where they can find you and your, uh, your podcast. Our podcast is at fast lap underscore podcast. My personal is at CT Luttrell nine. It's L-U-T-T-R-E-L-L nine. Okay. My personal is Deb B three eight eight eight. And you can find the podcast on Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio. Buzzsprout, and I feel like there's one more. They're on most major podcast platforms. So thank you guys for joining me. We we definitely need to do this again. Yes. Um, if if only for the dramatic reading. If only. For that. <laughs> if there's any third person like, and they did this, I got that part. Yeah. You, you're you're the neutral narrator. Yes. Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, and I, I'm the I'm the I'm the grizzled NASCAR driver. <laughs> perfect grizzled nascar driver voice sounds like he smokes a pack a day <laughs> yeah all right, well, That's all right well i'm dan mcfadden this has been a special episode of dropping the hammer thank you guys for listening <laughs>